Hey, and welcome to The Living Stone, a digital ministry from Greystone Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Here's this week's scripture reading and sermon. Our reading today is from the book of Psalm and then from the book of Matthew. Psalm 22, 23 through 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard me when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him, indeed, all shall all who shall, shall all who sleep on the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all those who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him, and future generations will be told about the Lord, and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. And from Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33, Immediately he made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid." Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come walk on the water. He said, Come. So Jesus got so Peter got out of the boat and started to walk on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God, the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Our gospel text for this morning is a familiar one to us, a story that we have likely heard and read many times over the years. I know I can't count the number of times that I have heard or read or studied or even taught this story. And more often than not, the theme that rises to the surface is something along the lines of keep your eyes on Jesus. Because after all, Peter sank when his gaze shifted a bit. But like most stories, there's a lot more to it than that. So have you ever gone back and reread a favorite book? and picked up a new detail or a new point of view? Have you ever watched a movie that you haven't seen in a while and noticed something new? 
as a parent, this happens often to me when I watch or read something that I loved in my own childhood or teen years, and then I watch it or reread it alongside my kids, I almost always find something new. Perhaps it's because I'm older. Perhaps it's because I'm seeing it through the eyes of my children. Maybe it's because enough life has happened between the last time I entered the story and this time that everything takes on new meaning and a different level of importance. I think the same is true for our biblical stories. Each time that we approach a story, we can find something new. We can hear it differently, and we can come away with a new nugget of truth and something different to contemplate. So this morning, let's look at and listen to and enter this old familiar story. So first, let's set the stage just a little bit. Jesus, already wrecked with sorrow after the loss of his beloved friend and cousin, John the Baptist, had just spent the day preaching, teaching, and healing the sick, feeding thousands of listeners with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And while Jesus went up to the mountain alone to pray, Peter and the other disciples had climbed in the boat, and they're fishermen, so let's face it, they're going to fish while they're out there. It's what they did. And if you've ever known a fisherman, they take every opportunity they, uh, opportunity they can get to drop a line or a net, as the case with them. So I imagine that most nights, being in a boat underneath a blanket of stars was peaceful, even if they didn't catch anything. But on this night, the winds were high and the water was more than choppy. The Sunday school pictures of my youth led me to believe that even the storms in the Bible were pretty serene. Even when the waves were high and you could tell that the sails or whatever was flapping, it looked almost peaceful, even in a raging storm. I don't know how those artists did that. But if you've ever actually been in a boat during a storm, you know there is no peace and serenity to be found. And when I think about it now, I imagine a boat sloshing back and forth so much that it is all you can do to keep your dinner from exiting your body over the side of the boat. And I think about all the work that goes into keeping a vessel upright in a storm, and it's exhausting. But those men, they were used to it. And I'm sure this wasn't the first storm that these friends had experienced together, they likely had teamwork down to a science, each doing their own job and working together. I would guess that there were words of encouragement and thanks expressed to one another as they worked together, but likely there were also words of despair and worry, for even the most skilled fishermen can get tossed out of a boat in a bad storm. As the storm raged on, Jesus began walking toward them on the water. And if the disciples weren't afraid before, they most likely were now. Convinced that they were seeing a ghost, it was the dark of night with only the moon and the stars lighting their surroundings. So it is not until Jesus speaks that they recognize him. Take heart. Don't be afraid, he says. How many times have we been in major storms in our life and heard the comforting voice of Jesus? Somewhere between the comfort of his voice and the bewilderment of the fact that he is walking toward them on water, Peter yells back, 
and says, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come to you. This is the most familiar part, right? And then Peter steps out of the boat and he begins walking across the water to Jesus. And he takes his eyes off Jesus in a moment of doubt. And he begins to sink. We tend to give Peter a lot of grief in this moment for doubting and turning his eyes from Jesus. But I have to wonder, would I have even gotten out of that boat? Would you? The courage and faith that it took for Peter to step out of that boat and onto the water astounds me. I wonder what his friends were thinking. Were they cheering him on, encouraging him to show his faith by walking toward Jesus on the water? Or were they frantically pulling him back in, grabbing his arm and his clothes and hanging on, begging him to stay safely in the boat? I imagine that the pleas to stay in the boat probably outweighed the encouragement to jump out and walk. And if I'm right about that thought, I wonder if their doubt was in Jesus or in Peter. Put yourself in that boat for a minute. You're being tossed about on the water, the wind is howling, and the waves are crashing, and your friend is about to step out in unimaginable faith. Would you let him go? Would you give him a helping hand and help him step over the side? Or would you be pulling him back in, begging him not to go? Either way, it was Peter who stepped out of the boat and began to walk toward Jesus. Was this an act of sheer bravado? A, hey, y'all, watch this kind of moment. Was it an attempt to test his own faith? a way to prove to himself that he really was a follower of Jesus. Was he trying to prove it to his friends? Or was it pure, genuine curiosity and seeking, wanting to know if Jesus really could make him walk on water, the kind of curiosity that we encourage in our children and young people because that's what helps them learn and grow. Or was it to test Jesus to see if he really could accomplish the unimaginable? Each time I read the story, I land on a different motivation for Peter stepping out of that boat. And you might too. Let's imagine together that it was a mix of all of it. So with a mix of bravado and faith and curiosity and a little bit of testing, Jesus, Peter, stepped out of that boat and walked toward Jesus. Steadying himself on the choppy water, Peter stood and walked toward Jesus. I wish I could have seen that. So imagine earlier in the day, the disciples had seen Jesus feed thousands of people with very little food. And now before their very eyes, their friend is walking toward Jesus with only choppy water and a whole lot of faith under his feet. Wouldn't it be cool to have a soundtrack of Peter's thoughts in those moments? With every step forward, a new thought races through his mind. Maybe it sounded a little bit like this. I can't believe this is happening. I can do this. What am I thinking? I'm not doing this. Jesus is. Who is this guy that not only can he walk on water, but he can make me do it too? This is really happening. Jesus must really be the true son of God if this is really real. Wait, 
is this really real? Was that a crashing wave? Whoa, that one was really close. Okay, Peter, keep your balance. The thunder, the lightning, Jesus is right there. The storm, it's coming for me. I'm almost there, but my knees are weak and my feet are slipping and the storm is too big. Maybe my faith isn't as big as I thought it was. I'm sinking. His eyes shift, maybe to look back on the boat full of his friends, maybe to look at the crashing waves and the scary skies, maybe to look at his own feet to steady his gait. But let's be honest here. Before we fault Peter for shifting his gaze and letting doubt enter his heart and his mind, let's remember that this storm is raging all around him. And even though Jesus is standing right in front of him, It's hard to see him because the storm is overwhelming. So as the water laps higher and higher around his legs and his feet falter beneath him, he cries out, Lord, rescue me. So when the storms in our own life are overwhelming, it's often hard to remember that Jesus is right there with us. And just when we catch a glimpse of him, another wave knocks us down. The thunder gets louder, and we feel like we are drowning. And we cry out too, Lord, rescue me. And even when our voice fails us and the words refuse to escape from our mouths, our hearts cry out in desperation, Lord, rescue me. We're terrified and lonely and drowning in all that surrounds us. As Peter began to sink into the depths of the water that surrounded him, Jesus' outstretched hand reached out and caught him. Peter's gaze may have shifted, but Jesus' gaze never did. Jesus' eyes were fixed on Peter, and he was there to pull him out of the depths. Jesus caught him just as he catches us. Scripture simply says that the two of them got back in the boat. But I have to wonder... Did they walk back to the boat hand in hand? Did Peter stand tall, courageously faithful once more, walking across the water on his own? Or did Jesus carry him in his arms, cradling him in love and assurance? Once back in the boat, Jesus says to Peter, You of little faith, why did you doubt? The Greek word here used for doubt is distanza which literally means double stance or going two ways, shifting between positions. So with this in mind, was Jesus questioning Peter's faith in Jesus, or was he referring to Peter's doubt in himself? Until now, every time I've read this story, I've heard the words from Jesus like an admonition, like Jesus fussing at Peter. But I wonder now if it might have sounded more like a loving parent asking a question in a way that was more of a reassurance. Like when kids are scared and parents say to them, don't you know I love you, my sweet child? I'll do everything I can do to keep you safe. So with a soft, smooth, and reassuring voice, Jesus says, why doubt? I'll always be right here. Trust me. Trust in your own faith. I will always be here to guide you and to catch you when you fall. So then Jesus speaks again, standing in a boat surrounded by storms of chaos, flanked by disciples in awe of what they have just witnessed, all of them soaking wet and exhausted, but somehow full of renewed energy. He speaks, 
and silences the storm. The winds grow silent, the waves become still, and Jesus and his disciples are adrift on the still waters of the night. It is then that disciples know and speak aloud that he is indeed the Son of God. So I wonder, what pieces of this story stick out or resonate with you this morning? Is it the storms of life that rage so violently that it's hard to stay grounded in faith? Is it the faith and courage that are brave enough to step out of the boat? Is it the image of Peter walking toward Jesus? Or the image of Jesus walking toward the disciples on a dark and stormy night? Is it the image of Peter sinking deep into the water? Or maybe the moments just before when his eyes and feet are dancing between faith and doubt. Maybe it's the moment when Jesus' hand meets Peter's to pull him back up, catching him in his most vulnerable moment. Or maybe it's the moment when Peter cries out to Jesus to save him, rescue me. Could it be that moment when Peter and Jesus reach the boat together? Or when Jesus commands the storm to be silent and the quiet peace that follows? Or that moment when all of the disciples can assuredly say, this is the Son of God. Where you land this morning might have a lot to do with what's going on in your own heart and mind and soul today. If there are storms raging around you, know that Jesus is right there with you. If you feel like you are in your own distanza, standing with one foot firm in faith, while the other one is shakily standing in doubt and distraction and despair, know that Jesus' gaze will never leave you. His eyes are firmly fixed on you, and he is ready to take your hand and walk with you. If you feel like you are drowning, crying out in desperation, know that Jesus hears you, and he can and will catch you. If you are safely back in that boat— but exhausted from the journey, know that the stillness will return, the waters will calm, and the boat will steady once again. Because Jesus' love is wide enough to embrace Peter's wandering heart, and it's wide enough to embrace yours too.